It's time for episode 395 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that seconds to none. I'm your co-host, Dan Morton, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? <laughs> I'm doing well, Dan. That's a very good title, as long as the person, or a very good uh, intro, as long as the person's paying close attention to your enunciation. Seconds. 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 Yeah. Yeah, we got to get that zoom. <laughs> this is, of course, the show where we welcome two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is our very good friend and, of course, the co-host of fine podcasts, including Rocket, right here on Relay FM. It's Brianna Wu. Welcome back, Brie. What's up? It's good to see you all. It's been too long. It's great to have you here. And to my left. It is the internet's favorite hedger, as well as host of <laughs> the Accidental Tech Podcast and Analog right here on Relay FM. It is the person with that wonderful laugh. It's Casey Liss. Welcome back, Casey. You know, it's only in my opinion that I am the world's <laughs> in, in the internet's favorite hedger. Uh, hi, everybody. How are you? We're, we're doing great, Casey. We're so glad you could both be here. I'm going to kick things off today. So among the many announcements in Apple's event this week... They doubled down on the Apple TV, releasing an update to the Apple TV 4K with a new remote and a bunch of other features. Um, my question for you all is, is this some like deep savvy on the part of Apple uh, sort of seeing where the living room market is going? Or is this just madness? <laughs> Pre? Well, I'm I'm an unabashed Apple TV fan. I mean, I agree uh, with everyone that it's overpriced, and I don't. Yeah, you know, I think it's a fantasy <laughs> that it's ever going to become a full fledged game system. Like in every one of these events, Apple will bring out whatever game does not have you know their basic uh, you know Apple 3D graphics on it. Will say you've got console quality things, and I love their little dodge with the now you can use PS5 controllers on Apple TV. I mean, I think all of that is ridiculous, but it's a it's a really, really convenient way to to you know watch television. So I think it's a worthy upgrade. Uh, I'm happy with it. My one complaint is that they did not embed AirTag technology in the remote, mm-hmm. since that's the thing I'm always missing more than anything else in my house. So I have to Frankenstein something together. Yeah, um, I. I think I think Bree put it perfectly about it being a fantasy that it's ever going to be a console. Um, it does. It's some of the stuff that they talked about is pretty cool, but the thing that was the most amazing to me has ended up being a thing that uh, anybody with an Apple TV, a, a newer Apple TV, and an iPhone with um, Face ID technology can use, which is this uh, color calibration thing where you l- just put your phone up against the screen and it helps you calibrate the the screen. I think Apple's done a good job of trying to make um, make it easier for folks to see stuff in the best quality that they can with the TVs that they have. And I really like that about Apple TV and that's why I'm a big fan. And then also 
the fact that this next Apple TV has the Thread Radio built into it. So HomePod Mini and Thread and uh, Apple TV both can be the home hubs that you need for uh, HomeKit over Thread devices, which is for me as a person who's very into smart home stuff uh, is very exciting uh, going forward. So it's you know some savvy and some some just plugging along with this device that they've had for a long time and yeah agree overpriced but i'm still i still like my apple tvs casey what about you so here's the thing it is overpriced it is madness that this is still a thing and yet i will be the very first person in line to buy one because (laughs) i got a i got our first 4k tv in in on cyber monday of 2019 and at that point, the Apple TV was already two years old. And I thought, oh, surely any moment now we will get the new Apple TV and I can upgrade my 1080 Apple TV to a 4K Apple TV. And then fast forward through all of 2020. And here we are finally in the spring of 2021. And I finally can get a new Apple TV 4K. And I'm very excited about that. It occurred to me shortly, I don't know, maybe a little while before release, that my daughter, who is over three years old, was younger than the prior version of the Apple TV. The Apple TV, the prior version of the Apple TV was like three and a half years old before the, you know this new one debuted uh, this week. So yeah, I am super excited to get one. I'm super excited to finally have 4K, uh, 4K Apple TV. Uh, the new remote looks great. I actually don't hate the old remote as much as everyone else seems to, but I don't love it either. And the new one seems to be really, really great. The price is absurd. It's silly that they think that apps in the traditional sense are really going to be much of a thing. Like, do you remember thinking about browsing Air- Airbnb listings on your TV? <laughs> like, did anyone do that? Like, come on. Um, so, yeah, it is uh, in every measurable way. It's madness. But I love the Apple TV. I think Bree was saying a moment ago, I-, I love this thing. It is in many ways just a very, very fancy Plex client for me. But I love it for that. And so I will be first in line to buy one as soon as I possibly can. We we are a crew here of people who admit that both the Apple TV is hugely overpriced and also yet all own Apple TVs. Um, <laughs> I You know what? I have an Apple TV HD and I do not have a 4K TV. So there is no reason for me to upgrade and I will not be upgrading. But what's great about this is that the best new features of these are available on the older Apple TVs. So if you have a Face ID capable iPhone, you can still use that new color correction thing even on going back to the apple tv hd the new remote you can buy separately and it works with the apple tv hd so i may be buying one of those um and and just in general like i feel like i'm very happy mostly with my apple tv and it was expensive but it's also lasted me a super long time now so that is an in and of itself advantage that said the pricing as we discussed bananas the fact that there are two storage tiers just craving money grubbing people come on (laughs) there's absolutely no reason you need a bigger storage one you can load i guarantee you can load every game you want to play onto the apple tv every streaming app you want to use and you will have plenty of room left over on a 32 gigabyte i'm telling you um so yeah i think that's still a ridiculous apple did make a good uh argument i think about some of the stuff that they can do on the apple tv that you can't do elsewhere like the support for the airpods and the spatial audio that they're doing and the um uh, apple fitness and like all that stuff right like there is stuff that sets it apart from your average set-top box and they're making a hard argument that it's worth that premium price but i still think it's overpriced for all of that anyway Thank you for all your thoughts on that. Let's move to our second topic today, which comes from Brianna. 
Uh, yes. So my favorite thing that they announced yesterday at uh, the Apple event was uh, the new iPad Pro. I know the iMac gets all the love, but uh, I think this is a pretty um, it's a pretty big upgrade, right? You've got uh, better cameras in it uh, for the 12 uh, inch version of it. You've got just a fantastic display from the Apple X uh, uh, was it X uh, XDR XR display. XDR display. Um, they showed some really awesome green screen things with it, uh, for you to basically do digital compositing. But at the same time, there's not really a pro app ecosystem still for the iPad Pro. Um, maybe that will change with M1, but I just wanted to throw it to everyone. I mean, how are we feeling about this particular iPad? Are you thinking about upgrading to it? Do you think Apple's on the right track? Let's kick it off. So I have an 11-inch iPad Pro, and that device is... I've got, you know, the latest iPhone, and that's fine. I've got, you know, my MacBook Pro, and that's fine. But my favorite device is my 11-inch iPad Pro. Um, It is this perfect device for all sorts of things, and I use it all the time. Um, And so I was really looking forward to seeing what Apple was going to announce with the iPad Pro. And uh, I was I was not disappointed. I think that um, especially with the introduction of the M1, M1 chip on this device, uh, there's a, a future in which we do see some more pro apps. And of course, uh, the rumor is that Final Cut Pro will be among the first to come to the iPad Pro. Uh, folks really want Xcode on the iPad Pro. Um, I, I don't know about all of those, but... This device is really kind of impressive. And uh, for a while, Apple's been pushing this idea of the iPad Pro serving as kind of the view screen for an iPhone, where the iPhone with the better cameras are being used to kind of record video and take video, and your iPad Pro can be this this display that you look into it. And that's even more true now with that XDR display. So I, for the first time in years and well, years, I shouldn't say years and years, but for the first time in years, I'm actually thinking about getting the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, which is weird for me because the last time I had one of those, it was stolen from me in San Francisco, and so I kind of have some creepy feelings about it, (laughs) Um, but I'm thinking about casting those aside because that display technology is just, uh, wow, I'm really interested in seeing uh, what that's going to look like and how how that's going to work. But yeah, I'm very bullish on iPad Pro more than any of Apple's other lines. Casey, what about you? So I have the original of the Face ID iPad Pro is an 11 inch as well uh, that I bought, I guess, in 2018 or something like that. And I, I use it every day. I like it a lot. Uh, I don't really have any problems with it. And nothing about this iPad Pro that just came out is making me go, oh, must upgrade. That being said, fast forward to two months from now when WWDC (laughs) happens, and I have the sneaking suspicion, and this is not an original thought, but I have the sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some very interesting software coming because there's so much hardware in these devices right now that the software doesn't seem to be utilizing. And I'm really, really interested and curious to see what happens over the next uh, over the next few months to see if there's any new and exciting stuff happening in software, because I think there probably will be. Yeah, I, I think this is a case where the hardware for the iPad has vastly uh, outperformed the software, and there's so much capability in this. I mean, an M1 is astounding in what it can do compared to old Macs, and now they're throwing it in the iPad just for kicks. 
Um, as someone who has a 10.5 inch iPad Pro, so the last version before the new redesign, I admit to being tempted, but I don't use my iPad enough right now for it to be a substantial upgrade for me. I mean, as I am stuck at home most of the time, and I have a brand new M1 MacBook Air, that gets most of my usage. So were I traveling a little bit more or leaving the house to do computing stuff a bit more, I might be more tempted by this iPad. Uh, and certainly I will get to a point where I uh, upgrade to the new version because, you know, the compoundingness of all the features that have been added since I bought my iPad Pro will be just overwhelming. But right now, it's just I don't have enough of a slot in my use case to make it worthwhile. I mean, mainly what I do is surf the web, use it for playing DVD, D&D, D &D and watching videos. And that's really about it. So, yeah, it's a great device. It's absolutely fantastic. I just don't even need that kind of power right now. Bree, why don't you wrap this up for us? Yeah, uh, like Mike, uh, my 11-inch iPad Pro is my favorite device I own, especially with the Magic Keyboard. It's it's amazing and thrilled that, you know, it looks like uh, the old the Magic Keyboard, like if I had the 12-inch, it would just be swiping it, you know, and then I wouldn't have to spend money on the keyboard again. Unfortunately, the 12-inch is the only one with the really good display in it. So... I feel like I'm so trapped because this 11-inch is so fantastic, a device that I naturally want to upgrade. But if you want one with cellular, which I would really advocate for the iPad because it makes it so much more usable, you're really talking about $2,000 there. So um, I'm really excited about this. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, but I'm going to try really hard to stay the course and wait for them to, you know, bring the better display to the 11 inch before, uh, before upgrading. But I think uh, to me, this was just the most exciting announcement Apple made yesterday. All right. That's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And Mike is going to tell us about one of our sponsors this week. I am because it's privacy.com. And I think privacy.com is just fantastic. Um, if you are a person who is a subscriber to multiple online services, which is probably everybody who's listening to this show, uh, if you're a Relay FM member and you've got a Netflix account and a Hulu account, and occasionally, you you get an Instagram ad for some cool hat that says uh, bees wanted with a beehive on it. And you're like, you know what? I really want that hat. And you go to the site and it's like beeswantedhat.org. And you're a little suspicious about giving them your credit card information, but you really would like to have that hat. Privacy.com is the perfect thing to do this. I, I wish I had come up with this idea because I think it's so brilliant. It's a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most imp important information secure. Because what privacy does is it lets you generate virtual card numbers, which masks your banking information. So you don't have to worry about giving out, uh, about someone you know taking your information. You don't have to worry about giving out those cards uh, to, to sites that you don't know are necessarily secure because that card number and that card number alone is the only thing that is, a, is kind of between you and that site. So I think it's really nice to be able to go to a site um, generate a personal or a privacy card and then type in that information it locks to that vendor and then i get my uh bees wanted hat in the mail and everything's fine but i don't have that constant like worry in the back of my mind that that site that maybe doesn't have super good security is going to accidentally leak my card information because that card is only for that site 
Uh, you can take back control of your payments, decide who can charge your card, how much they can charge your card. Yeah, you can put limits and caps on each of the charges. And then how often do you want them to be able to charge it once a month for a subscription, a one-time card, uh, or or maybe it's an annual uh, cap that you put on it. And you can close cards at any time. So I've got my Bees Wanted hat now. I just hit that and the card is closed and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Plus, you can make sure that you're never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. It makes it super easy to be able to track your subscriptions and kind of be reminded like I was this morning that I uh, purchased three domains all at the same time and got charged 80 bucks for domains that I don't use anymore uh, because I didn't have those connected with privacy. Uh and privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password too. So if you use 1Password, you can create privacy cards right there in your 1Password dashboard. They are the same as you would get uh, from privacy. And you can also set the spend limits and do everything that you can on privacy. So you should really check this out. I think anybody would benefit from checking this out. Privacy.com slash clockwise to sign up for an account. And new customers will automatically get five bucks to spend on your first purchase. Just go to privacy.com slash clockwise and sign up now. Thanks so much to Privacy for their support of this show and Relay FM. And seriously, head out there, privacy.com slash clockwise. Just give it a go. And now it's my turn. So um, <laughs> I will kick things off with my question. <laughs> um, so Apple yesterday announced, I thought it was a very odd thing uh, for them to be like, and let's talk about iPhone. I'm going, wait, it's too soon to talk about iPhones. What are you doing, Tim? And then suddenly there's this purple iPhone that just appears. Um, so it made me wonder because a lot of times the argument is, you know, why do they do these colors? People put cases on them, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever your your reasoning, whatever your method, I'm just curious, beyond purchasing a device in a specific color, how, if at all, do you personalize your tech? Casey, we'll start with you. In terms of the physical stuff, I don't do much. I had a brief flirtation with the Mike Hurley way of life in that when I got my iPad Pros, what is it, Smart Keyboard Folio or whatever, the the, the Not Magic keyboard, the thing that, that predated it, uh, I did put stickers all over that, which I really liked, but I don't know. I don't have the compulsion to do it to other things. I, I've never done it to a computer computer. I've never put it on the iPad itself. Um, so I, I don't really personalize much, which I know is very, very boring, but I kind of like keeping my computing devices, even though they mean a lot to me, uh, I kind of like keeping them as just tools and, and having, I like that very, very, uh, maybe austere is the word I'm looking for. I don't know. That very like plain look to them. And in fact, although I think that the iMac colors are fantastic and I love that they're an option, I might go with the not color color if I were to buy one tomorrow, you know, this kind of silver, <laughs> which is very boring. I'll be the first to tell you it's so boring, but I don't know. I just like that very, very understated look to my computer. Uh, everyone remember that Casey buys white cars, so I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't do much at all, honestly. Um, I have a case on my iPhone 12 Pro, but it's a clear case because I have the midnight blue one, and it's like, yeah, I, I like this. Um, I wish, in fact, the colors were more vibrant on the Pro models, as I think we've talked about before. Uh, the purple one that they announced yesterday looks great, but why is it the iPhone 12 and not the iPhone 12 Pro? So sad. Um, 
I don't really do stickers or anything like that. I just hate the idea. Like, I grew up in a house where, like, my dad forbid us from putting bumper stickers on the car. <laughs> like, that was just never <laughs> happening. So I've always felt very much like keeping everything super pristine. And also in the cases where I do trade stuff in or hand stuff off to other family members, I don't want them to have to, like, peel off all my grody stickers or whatever. Uh, or, you know, or it's like, it's the same reason I never get anything engraved either, right? Like, you can't, like, trade-ins are harder and... I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. So yeah, I don't. I don't really customize much from a physical standpoint. All of my customization is on device, like software stuff, wallpapers, that kind of stuff. So I'm very boring. Bree, are you more exciting than me? Uh, no, in fact, I'm not. Uh, you know, when I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger, you know, I'd be working on cars. And I'd I'd fast and furious my cars on up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like everything I could, like flames on the side, all of it. And you know, now that I'm older, and you know, I collect classic Porsches and restore them. And there's a thing in the community. It's like uh, called being a Porsche purist, meaning. You don't put aftermarket stuff in it. You try to keep it as close to stock as possible. And I feel the same way about Apple devices in general. Like they are designed to be beautiful and perfect the way that they are. And the older I've gotten, you know, I feel like uh, just putting stickers on it, it, it mars what is most beautiful about the devices. So, you know, I keep my personalization in like, a lot of thought to the taskbar, you know, a lot of thought with the the wallpaper, making sure it's not going to obscure, um, you know, icons that might be on my desktop. That's how I show my personalization, but uh, I'm just, I'm not into physically modding, modding it. Yep. I think uh, we've got a, a panel of like-minded folks when it comes to personalizing our tech because I am exactly the same way. At one point I did um, have, it was actually the same case case that Casey was talking about uh, where I had put stickers on that case as well. And then whenever I upgraded to the iPad Pro um, and got the new one, I thought, you know, I don't want any stickers on this. I just want it to be as it is. And uh, yeah, I don't really personalize my my tech. Um, my MacBook Pro is blank. Um, I guess the closest thing that I have is I do buy a case for my iPhone uh, every time I get a new iPhone. So I do have uh, Apple's leather case on this iPhone what is, where are we at now? 12 Pro Max. <laughs> um, <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, uh, it's all about wallpapers and, and other tech. I like to use uh, an app called Wallpaper Wizard on my Mac, which actually will change the wallpaper uh, throughout the day, which is kind of nice. Um, all right. Thank you all for your answers on that. Let us move to our final topic, which comes from Casey. So, Dan, I just handed you a four pack of AirTags. What's the first thing you're putting an AirTag on or in? <laughs> um Honestly, it's probably my wife's keys <laughs> because <laughs> oh, no. she's not she's wow. not here to hear me say this, but like she uh, frequently she come in, she'll be like, she'll be like, where's my keys? And I, in my perennially annoying dad, not dad joke, she's like, well, it wasn't my turn to watch him. Uh, and I'm sure that gets really annoying. <laughs> so uh, I guess I, I guess that just puts the onus of finding them on me all the time, though, which I'm not sure is actually a solution to anything. Um, you know, I suppose I would put them on my own keys as well, but my own keys are almost always in my pocket. And so I don't feel like I have a lot of things that I 
routinely misplaced. Like I feel I'm one of those people who's like, there's a place for everything. Like when I come in the house, I've got the car key in my pocket. It goes in a little bowl by the front door or like, you know, this gets put here or my wallet gets put on my desk, etc. So, you know, there are lots of things I can think that it would be cool to be able to track them and, and that will be really useful. Uh, I think the biggest thing would be when we can like go places again, definitely putting one in like my uh, backpack or something just to be able to track that. So probably for me, my backpack, but also my wife's keys. Uh, Brianna, what about you? Well, I think both of us <laughs> really hope our spouses do not listen to the show <laughs> i'm throwing frank under the bus bad day for frank this guy i love him but he can't keep up with anything he would lose his head if it was attached uh his wallet sneaking one in there uh keys putting one in there backpack if i could find a way to tape one to his glasses i would do that <laughs> because he's constantly losing it so um and i guess i'll just throw in a bonus one say uh i love my dogs dearly i'm probably gonna put one on rocket <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm gonna get a big old glass of water and uh swallow the first no, okay. um so i think please do not adjust my- text. As Bree suggested <laughs> earlier, the Frankenstein method of uh, Apple TV plus AirTag, that's definitely happening. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Elago, E-L-A-G-O, which makes awesome products for things that you wouldn't, like peripherals that you wouldn't expect. They've got some great stuff for AirPods and AirPods Pro, and they also have these great silicone sleeves um, that I have on both of my current Siri remotes. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with... Um, a silicone sleeve that lets you sort of slide a puck and air tag into the Apple TV remote. I'm definitely planning on doing that because that thing gets lost. Um, my keys, it, oddly enough, my partner and my keys both uh, have a home and we're very good about putting them back in that home. Um, but I think too, I would definitely, uh, it, it's funny, Brie, because yeah, it's not all of my dogs. Uh, <laughs> it is one of my dogs that needs to have an yeah. air tag. Uh, Mizzy would do well to have an air tag um, <laughs> so that if she uh, disappears into the ether, I can find her. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, outside of um, my Apple TV remotes and the uh, dog collar, I think I'm okay. Um, I don't, I don't tend to, to lose a whole lot um, other than my train of thought so if I could attach one of that I might <laughs> uh, Casey why don't you run this out here again I think we're all of similar minds uh, I don't tend to lose anything of course now that I've said that I will probably be losing my keys later today but uh, generally speaking I'm pretty good about that sort of thing I haven't read up yet and I know there's some information about about how air tags work when they're moving and your phone isn't next to them and the the reason this is a thing is, you know, so you couldn't use them for stalking or anything like that. But I'm fascinated with the idea of like putting them in my, putting one in my own car just to see how that works. And I haven't had the chance to read up on how it theoretically will work, but I think it would just be interesting to see how that would work. I don't expect my car to be stolen or anything, but I just think it would be interesting. Um, I never really got into the pro level move of putting one in your luggage so you know exactly when it's coming out of the mm-hmm. conveyor belt. But even as a very infrequent traveler in the before times, that sounds super awesome and like a really great idea. And naturally, I would probably put one in my laptop bag just for safety's sake. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, even though I really like the idea of AirTags, and I think that they're reasonably priced, I, I don't know if I have any express needs for them, even as someone who believes that insurance is a good thing. So we'll see what happens. I'll probably end up picking up at least one or two. 
All right, that's four topics down. We got just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get there, I want to tell you about our sponsor this week. This week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by the Inside Track. Uh, you know, we are all looking for new ways to entertain ourselves these days, especially if we, the weather's getting nice. Maybe we're going on more walks or something like that. And one of the fun things you can do is find new podcasts to listen to. If you're looking for a new show, try the Inside Track with host and resident car guy, Carrie LaBelle. The show interviews with industry experts, insiders, and analysts covering long-term trends, evolving expectations of consumers, and the effects of technology advancements on industry strategies. Each show covers a bunch of segments like AI and BI use in automotive manufacturing, connected vehicles, cloud simulations, intelligent infrastructure, and guests include people from Audi, Toyota, Anata, Ansys, SBD Automotive, and more. Uh, I checked out an episode which I believe had a uh, uh, executive from Audi on talking about various, um, uh, like all sorts of connectivity in, in you know automotive things, not just in terms of the stuff that we already have on there and all the sensors in the car, and like also they were saying the number of sensors in a car is like it's like eight thousand or something in a modern car these days. It's insane, um, and just all working in with all the infrastructure that's starting to be developed for smart, uh, you know, driving across the country, not just in terms of like having your car do self driving stuff but in terms of communicating with infrastructure interesting stuff uh, very cool definitely check it out go and listen to it now just search for the inside track wherever you get your podcasts or click the link in the show notes our thanks to the inside track and microsoft for their support of this show and all of relay fm and the bonus topic linked of course to that uh let's have a car related topic you're driving on a warm day windows down or ac brie uh, my Porsche 911, I have seven boxes in the garage of air conditioner parts that I've got to put <laughs> in it. It's from 1986. AC technology sucked back then. So until I do this 25-hour project, it's windows down. Uh, I am definitely a an AC person. I, I would use AC everywhere if I could. However, there have been times in winter where I will roll down the windows while also running the heat because I'm weird and strange and make no sense. <laughs> Casey, what about you? <sighs> this, this is I could go on for hours about this, but we're on a timetable, so I'll be brief. Uh, I love to do the sunroof open even in like uh, times of the year when that's not really appropriate, but I still like to do it, except my car does not have a sunroof, and I'm still bitter about this two years on. Uh, so... Generally speaking, if it's not the middle of humid Virginian summer, then I will try to do uh, windows down. We also just got through the pollening, which is a season here, as it is in many other places. So AC for the pollening, AC for the dead of summer, but otherwise windows down if I can get away with it. I tend to be a windows down person, and yes, I do open the sunroof, Casey. I like the wind in my non-existent hair. (laughs) All right, that is the end of our show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Brianna Wu, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And Casey List, thanks so much for joining us. As always, the pleasure is all mine. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.